We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show, the preseason in full swing. We still have plenty of NBA news to get into as well. But before we sink our teeth into a number of different topics today, quick reminder, do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button as well. Join almost 30,000 people now subscribing to the NBA front office show YouTube channel. And go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Keith? Uh, you came down with a bit of a cold over the weekend, but, uh, only out for a day and back in action already and, uh, and ready to go. Good to have you back at, uh, at, I would assume close to full health anyway. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good today. It's, it's preseason. We don't push it in the That's preseason, right. right? You gotta, you gotta ease into <laughs> things. Don't, 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 don't take a minor thing and turn it into a major thing. Right. Right. We want to, uh, you know, we're really take it easy. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's that time of year, right? It's 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 the beginning part of middle uh, beginning part to the middle of October, and you know, stuff's going around school, and it mm-hmm. all comes home eventually. And have you seen you know, the Halloween decorations popping up all over your town? Because oh, they're yeah. definitely popping up yeah. all over all over mine. Some really creative ones too, which I'm enjoying this year. Yeah, what's big down here in like our area is those gigantic skeletons, like those ones that are just like like 12, you know, 20 feet tall. I I don't know how tall they are, but they're they're everywhere. And um, it, yeah, so it's like, like either skeletons of that or there's, um, there's this dragon skeleton that some people have. I keep telling my wife we should buy the dragon and then never take it apart and just leave it out and just put different decorations on it for every single holiday and leave it out all year round. Get a big Santa hat to put on. Mm-hmm. I put some Easter yeah. bunny ears and, and yep. things of that nature. Yeah, that, that'd be fun. It. I, I like yeah. that. I yeah, like and that. Uncle Sam had it 4th of yeah. July and just, just keep, keep it rolling all year long. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I like that idea, especially the part where you don't have to assemble and then disassemble the dragon where you can just do it once just assemble it and then leave it (laughs) because that's yeah because that's that's the other thing i've heard from the couple people we know who have the uh the the big skeletons they're like it sucks to put it together every year and all that and nobody has anywhere to store something like that i imagine so it's uh yeah i i I don't want to take things apart and put it back up christmas lights is is already enough i I say that's our uh, annual scheduled family fight every year when we put the christmas lights up (laughs) all right well let's get into some nba news um i do yeah putting together stuff is not fun uh putting (laughs) putting together rosters in the nba though 
I mean, how do you like that transition? Even more difficult, um, especially when guys are asking for trades. I guess we got to start here. This is just, this is keeps getting weirder and weirder. Kai Jones asking for a trade from the Hornets or saying publicly on X that he has requested a trade from the Hornets. Something's not right here, Keith. This isn't a typical, like, I'm requesting a trade type of situation. And I... I hope everything is okay with with Kai Jones. Yeah, it's definitely something not right here. He's been going through quite a bit of stuff where a lot of posts on various social media, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, maybe TikTok, I don't know, but they all pop up eventually somewhere. And in all of them, he's doing increasingly weirder and weirder stuff. Uh, I know he was dropped by his agency, uh, Clutch Mm -hmm. They, they don't maintain them as a client anymore. Um, that's been wiped. There's a bunch of different places you can find uh, who players are associated with by agency, and that's uh, been updated all across the board now. Uh, just weird stuff. And then did you see the interaction with Terrence Ross? I did. I yeah. did. Ter- Terrence Ross, he was – wasn't he calling himself the greatest of all time? Yeah, Terrence Ross said, is this guy okay or something like yeah. that? And he replied back and said, I am. I'm the greatest of all time. And Terrence Ross's reply was, so no. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make you know, of all of this. It's you know, it's one thing to have confidence in yourself as a player. Everybody should. It's one thing to have a big ego. A lot of guys do. That's part of how they get to this level. But the trashing his teammates stuff. And now the Hornets yeah. are saying he's away from the, the team and all these things. I just hope whatever is going on gets resolved before it goes to a place where nobody wants to see this head uh, for Kai Jones and get, get it figured out. Cause you know, that's, that's you know, what we all want to see eventually at some point, but yeah, scary, weird stuff out of him. Yeah. Hopefully everything turns out okay with this situation figure out the basketball stuff later but uh it seems like there's some other stuff going on there that needs to be sorted out do you think uh, the nba even bothers to find him for the trade request or do you think they're just like uh, uh we can ignore this one just yeah i don't i think given the context if this was just out of the blue just a trade rec- just he threw that out there on social sure. media then then yes but given the context i think the nba is just going to say Take care of yourself. Take care of yeah. whatever whatever is going on, and I'm sure there's people who know have a better idea of exactly what's happening. But I would yeah. imagine the you know it that's not going to do anybody any good. There's there's bigger things going on here. I think anyway. That's the that's my perspective. That there's bigger things going on here than basketball. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Whenever the truth does come out. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get get the help you need, man, and get get things back on track. All right, let's chat a little bit about the Chicago Bulls. You know, they're they're a team that is in that proverbial treadmill situation where a lot of Bulls fans have been wanting them to sell off pieces, tear it down, and rebuild. The Bulls have steadfastly refused to do that for years now. Uh, they, they thought they were going to make a push when they traded for Nikola Vucevic. Didn't work out. They didn't make the playoffs that year that they traded for him. Um, at one point, they looked like they were going to be this really fun team in the Eastern Conference, but then since Lonzo Ball's injury... It just hasn't been able to come together for them. So there have been lots of talks about what well, could they decide to move on from Zach Levine? Is that part of a, a teardown? And is that the the piece that can really get them some assets to jumpstart a rebuild? But uh, apparently they're asking price for Zach Levine, despite the history of injuries, despite the, the big contract that he's got, where not every team is going to value him on that contract. Um, they are asking for a, a lot 
for him. I always say, though, what's a lot depends on where it's coming from, right? The Bulls would probably say, you know, we're not asking a lot for him. Other teams would say they are. But regardless, right now, that's the word that's out there, that they are maintaining a high asking price on Zach Levine. And that would suggest that they're probably not super motivated to make a move at this moment. We'll have to see before the trade deadline comes up, though, in February. Yeah, Zach Levine just entering year uh, two of his five-year contract that he signed with the Bulls, uh, not this past summer, but the year before that, uh, 40.06 million this year, so roughly 40 million uh, this year, 43 million, 40, almost 46 million, and then 48.9 million in the last year. That last year is a player option, so 178 million and change over the next four years. 15% trade bonus on top of that. The cap is going up enough that mm -hmm. he would get, you know, a chunk of that, uh, you know, as he goes um, after this year, he might even get the whole deal uh, with that. Uh, might, might be, it, it'd be close uh, to getting there, but he would get a large chunk of that bonus. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, big contract for him. Who wants to trade for it for his part? Zach Levine basically said, "Look, the Bulls showed me they wanted me, and I want to be here, and this is you know what I want to do." And then uh, you know he kind of said, "Trade rumors are part of it. I'm a grown man, and I've been traded before, so it is it is what it is." So I think it's a uh, very very interesting uh, to you know when a player is very honest about these things of like, hey, if it happens, it happens, but uh, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he seems like he's got a pretty mature approach to this, to trade rooms. Not everybody's going to have that same approach, but I do think at some point the Bulls are going to have to make a tough decision. Um, we've got another story here about them that maybe they're saying, no, we don't, uh, because well, let's just get into it. DeMar DeRozan entering extension talks with the Chicago Bulls. Should they, should they really do this? I mean, I know Lonzo said he's coming back, but... The bull, I don't see a path. I don't see a path for them to even be a big threat in the East. I don't see a path for them to be a team, to be that proverbial team nobody wants to see in round one. I just don't see that with this with this group. So what are we doing? What do we, why why sign up for more of of this if if that's the case? Now you sound like every single Bulls fan I've talked to since the start of the offseason. Right. I uh, really started with the Nikola Vucevic extension where it was like, all right. And, and no, no, nobody, you know, no, no one came out outside of the crazy people would say crazy things. No rational fans came out and said, what a terrible extension for Vucevic. No. It was just like, why, why, why are we doing this? You know, everybody was like, yeah, somebody wants to pay him 20 million. Fine. But it didn't have to be us. And then it was, then, then that was followed up by, hey, let's give Kobe White $33 million over the next three seasons, yeah. which is, again, nobody seems upset about the contract, but it's like, why did we do it? And now you're in a spot where, you know, they doesn't sound like they're going to trade Levine. Maybe they're going to extend DeRozan. It just does start to get to, like, what is your upside here? Sixth seed, maybe fifth seed? Like, with, with this group, like, I can't see them being a home court advantage team. There's mm -hmm. just too many teams in front of them that they'd have to climb for me to get there. And they're getting you lock into those guys. You're also probably not going to be bad enough to get a good draft pick. So now you're just kind of sitting in, in the middle and, you know, fighting around the playing tournament and the, the back end of the lottery where the chances of jumping up are fairly low. So yeah, I, I don't fully understand this one and 
why the Bulls would want to do this, but it's it. This has kind of been their mo. They they don't like to bottom out and tank. They if it happens, it happens. But they they intend every year to be a competitive team, and it's almost been to their detriment at times. Well, I, I do think that if they're going to take Vucevic, and at the trade deadline they're going to flip him, okay, or next summer you're going to fl- like. That's if you're going to trade the eventually your plan is sure. as long as the, the contract has and I think that's fine value on Vucevic contract. So yep. as long as it's not a negative value contract, I'd rather have the contract trade it for future assets if it's draft picks or whatever, than just see you later, walk away. We're not going to extend you. We'll take the cap space. Give me give me the stuff right that, that can come from a trade. It can be a gamble because what if the player gets hurt or something like that? But but. If they're talking about the you know extending DeMar DeRozan, you're probably committing to if you're going to give him an extension now, you're probably committing to the last useful years of DeMar DeRozan's basketball career, right? He is going For to reference, what's 34 that? years old. Yes. This summer turned 34. So, you know, just just to to put that out there and he's in what is this? This is season 15 for DeMar DeRozan. So, yeah. that's Yes, I I would fully agree with you, even if he has uh, maintained being a very productive and good player, where at some point that is going to fall off. Right. So so my point is this, like like Vucevic, I I get, right? Even though I I don't want to see this Bulls team stuck in mediocrity. Vucevic, I get. He's still young enough. You can can say it's a good gamble that you could flip him and you can get assets. Um, Kobe White, of course, and he could even be part of the next iteration of the Bulls, whatever that looks like. DeMar DeRozan, though, you're committing to holding the bag. Like, like the Lakers, the Lakers extend LeBron. Let's say that happens. Well, that's okay. Yeah, they're they're not going to trade him anyway. They're going to hold the bag. Whenever he's done as a basketball player, he's going to be on their roster. They're not going to flip him for more assets or, or something like that. And that's okay for certain teams, for certain players. But for the Bulls situation, you want to move on from these guys while you can, while you can get something. Don't be the team that the player's value just completely expires on, and that's what's going to happen if you if you extend DeMar DeRozan because nobody's given up a lot for a 34-year-old DeMar as it is. You keep him around for another year, another two years, which, by the way, Keith, correct me if I'm wrong, they do an extension right now, assuming it's a big enough raise for DeMar, which maybe it won't be. He won't even be trade eligible till next correct. summer. They won't even be able to move him at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, it'd be... Well... Definitely not at the trade deadline. It would be next summer for right. sure if they give him a big enough and long enough extension for sure. Yeah, it would it would you know really lock them into this group for the rest of the season. And that's why I I guess I kinda DeMar DeRozan extension eligible. He's in the last year of his contract. So they could extend him all the way up through June 30th. Uh, we mm-hmm. we've seen that, right? This just this past year. Vucevic with the Bulls was in that situation and reached an extension before free agency actually opened. I know it it comes out. The reporting comes out a little weird because free agency now opens at 6 p.m. Eastern on the 30th. But these were for Vucevic, Harrison Barnes and Nas Reed. Those guys all did extend before free agency actually opened. So we are getting reports and new deals and it can be a little hard to kind of parse through it. And for the average fan, they don't really care. It's just Vooch got three new years and 60 million and that's fine. Um, but with DeRozan, you can still carry it all the way out to June 30th. So I don't know why I would necessarily really be rushing into doing an extension unless you think he's going to ask for a trade. 
if you know an extension doesn't get done here and is he going to be like in the middle of december when the trade market kind of opens up is he going to be like yeah i don't want to be here then you kind of deal with that situation as you deal with it but i don't think that's where it's headed so i i would not rush into an extension here but i don't think that's going to be how it plays out i think if they can get to a number they feel good about in the amount of years they feel good about they're probably going to do this. And that would be the other thing I'd be very careful of if I was the Bulls. I would keep this to a one or a you know maybe two-year mm-hmm. extension just given his age because then you start to run into a whole bunch of problems where it is, all right, you know, what are we doing with this contract? Because it just gets super messy if you lock in on a guy that old. And if you do a big enough extension, then it gets even worse, right? If you start pushing up over 30 million or near 40 million, that gets really, really complicated and messy. So I would want to, you know, stick to a shorter term extension, not as much money, and just see where it kind of goes. And I, I, I'm not sure DeMar DeRozan goes for that. So it'll probably end up in a deal that I quite frankly won't love if they do extend. Uh, why, why not just go the other way? Like, right, like, why not? Uh, look at what's happening right now in the Eastern Conference. There's an arms race. Yeah. Look at what Drew Holiday returned for the Blazers, right? Look at how, look, how does Miami feel right now? How does New York feel right now? How does Cleveland feel right now? All these teams that just saw what the Bucs and Celtics did. You put DeMar DeRozan out there. Now's probably not a bad time to be at. And again, I don't mean right now, right now. You probably wait until middle of December, but this probably isn't a bad time to be a seller on the market. Sure. If I'm the Bulls, that's what I'd be exploring rather than an extension. Yeah. I mean, the challenge is I would have done this four months ago when the offseason oh, absolutely. was you know, leaning into getting started. I would have been all, all about b- about it then, and they didn't. Now now it just gets a little bit harder because who, who are you trading him to? That's not to say nobody would jump, and the contract's not sure. so big. You know, you're talking one of these 40 or $50 million contracts you're trying to move. It's $28.6 million. so it's definitely a movable number. But, yeah, I, 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 I think – we're going to see this play out a little bit, but yeah, I'm with you. I would have, I, I would have blown this thing up. You know, at the start of the off season said, all right, Hey, we got to work around Lonzo's contract for now. If he makes it back great, you mm-hmm. know, so be it will work. But for now, that's just kind of sitting over there is money. We got to work around and we're starting over. We're going to go super young. We're going to bottom this out, recoup some of the assets we gave up in other trades and just try to start over. And, you know, but they, they didn't, that's not where they chose to go. So here we are with, you know, this team that's going to be okay. They're not going to be terrible, but I'm not picking them to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I believe they were the team that I had dropping out as well. Um, All right. Enough about the bulls and that proverbial treadmill. (laughs) The, the James Harden saga continues. Uh, We don't know if he's going to play at all with the 76ers. He did report to camp, but the Clippers reportedly believe that they are the only team interested in James Harden, and as such, they're not going to increase their offer to the 76ers. In fact, they're, they are holding firm. Terrence Mann is the guy that they will not add into the deal that the Sixers would like in, but they have. I know there are reports out there that they've done a lot of things to try to aggressively you know, move different, get a third team involved, get extra draft capital, things of that nature to try to make something work but they don't feel like they need to add value to their offer. So we're kind of at a stalemate here between Philly and the Clippers. For Philly, it's a question of, 
are we better off taking on these guys that the Clippers don't want and having them on our roster or and for whatever assets we can get? Or are we better off just hoping that somehow we can convince James Harden to step onto the basketball court for us and play this season? Because that's going to be maybe even the Fat Thor version of James Harden may even be better than what the Clippers would be sending to do the 76ers <laughs> at this stage. That may be the case. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I love it. I've been uh did. Yeah. I don't know if you watched Loki or not, but uh, I have not gotten in, into Loki. Just, I have uh family in town right now, but as soon as they're, as soon as they're on their way out, uh, I, I will be checking that out. I mean, we all know I'm a fan of all of it, but I was uh, very happy with the first episode. I, mm. I'm just happy to be back in that world and enjoying it. But yeah, I I mean, I get it from the Clippers side, right? If you truly believe, hey, we're the only ones bidding, why would we give up more? I did see a handful of people say, though, hey, sometimes if you are the only one, only ones bidding, though, it is the right thing to do is to increase your offer a little bit just to get it done. Mm -hmm. I personally... And I like Terrence Mann. I would not let that be the hold up for me if I was the Clippers. I would understand if it's like, hey, we're not giving you Terrence Mann and two uh, unprotected first round picks. I can understand that side of it. But if it's like, hey, if you want Terrence Mann and an unprotected first, and then we'll get to the rest of the matching salary through expiring contracts, yeah. I'd be done. Get this this deal finished and go because I just don't see necessarily outside of injuries, which is obviously a very big concern for the Clippers, how you have a real role for Terrence Mann on a role on a team rather that has James Harden on it. Like you just, you're starting to have too much duplication on your roster with a lot of these high usage wing players. So I'm not really sure where you go with that. So that would not be the holdup for me. And maybe that's ultimately where this gets done. Maybe the Clippers are kind of saying, Hey, let's, let's talk in a couple weeks into the season. Let's yeah. see what it looks like. And maybe their hope is James Harden does show up and act like a jerk when the regular season starts and shows no effort and really bombs out for Philly and it becomes a huge problem. And then they kind of go from there. So I, I think, um, you know, there, there's some gamesmanship happening here for sure. This is all starting to play out a little bit through the media as well. So that sometimes can signal that deals getting close. So, so we'll see, but all accounts are right now from Philly. He's showing up, putting in the work and doing mm -hmm. his thing and looks good physically. Looks like he's in great condition. So I don't know, but I'll believe it when I see it, when they open up and he's out there giving a hundred percent effort and playing really hard. Then I'll believe he's locked in, you know, until the trade comes up until that point. But, you know, let's wait and see. I'm looking at Philly's schedule here. Uh, if the Clippers gamble is that Philly is going to struggle in the early going and that James Harden's going to be a problem and the record is going to impel them to make a move. They may not be wrong. You know, there are some very winnable <laughs> games. Here. I mean, there's Portland. They've got Toronto twice. They've got Washington. They've got Detroit. They've got Indiana. Oh, the joy of being an Eastern Conference team. Um, but they also have Milwaukee. They also have Phoenix. They've got Boston twice. Like, if they're not close in any of those four games, which are against, you know, fellow contending teams, the 76ers want to be in that sphere, the Clippers may not be wrong and that the, the 76ers may decide right then, hey, we need to do something here and get past this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, that could be a thing, right, where where that, that becomes a whole whole thing as well. So I, I think um, 
there's a lot at play here, you know, and a lot of it is, is really, you know, I, I hate to beat this dead horse, but a lot of it is really going to be when we get there, we'll know, right. It's going to yeah. have to play out for a little bit. And then eventually we'll, we'll see you know, how it all comes together. Keith, we've got a dog cameo episode. We do. Yeah. That's Carly. She's hanging out here in the background. They're, they're mad. Cause they would like to have uh, uh I'm not going to say the word, but oh, it's yeah. a certain time of the early evening. And they would like to have that, and they're angry that they're. Uh, we we right will now. let's uh, we'll get through. We'll do some rapid fire here <laughs> so that the uh, the dogs can get their. Uh... No no no, we don't need to rapid fire because they need to wait. They, they 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 need to learn how to tell time better. That's that's really what it comes down to. What what mine do is they start pushing it earlier and earlier every yes. day. Like they start acting yep. like it's time earlier and earlier yep. to trying to see if they can get you to give. Tell you what, it's it's a power struggle. It's a power struggle. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, um, it, nothing's worse than the time change, which is coming up oh here. Oh god, it's it's so brutal. bad. Yeah, dogs and kids. Yes, not it's not good for either nope. of them. Not, not at good. all. Not yeah. good. I spent time living in Arizona. Gosh, that was nice. No time zone. <laughs> no time. <laughs> That's zone. where I'm actually going to be uh, when the time changes. I uh, did not great planning on my part. At least, hopefully, it'll all go off smoothly. My flight home is at six a.m. from Phoenix to Orlando on the day the time changes so Ooh, hopefully i uh, can seamlessly figure that out i am sure i will be up like every two hours checking to see what time it is and wait what time is the flight can... really yeah yeah exactly is my phone flip with the time change and all that other stuff yeah i'm going out there just i'll shout it out here in case any of our uh you know listeners and, and uh viewers are interested uh arizona state university's putting on a mock trade deadline um, run by the their school of law and their um, sports law program, uh, and they, they're putting that on. You could just Google Arizona State University mock trade deadline competition, and a bunch of folks are going out there. I'm going to go out there to help assist and be one of the uh, folks who helps judge the mock trade deadline and all that. And I'm super excited about it. So it'll be a lot of fun uh, go, going out there. That is uh, at the tail, or sorry, for the very beginning of November in about three weeks. So if anybody's interested, check that out and look it up because I know they're uh, still signing people up. They've only got a handful of spots left. All right. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I shouldn't say no time zones. They have a time zone in Arizona. Yes. The time doesn't change. They don't have... Yeah. They don't have the daylight savings time switch, all, all that kind of stuff going on. So, which every year um, it feels like we nice. hear that that's going to be everywhere, right? And there's all this legislation to get rid of it. And then every year it decades. never goes anywhere. There's a great chart out there somewhere. Um, and I know I need to get the Jared Allen, but there's a great <laughs> chart out there that, that shows like graphically how different it would be if you just yes. kept things on daylight savings time. If you didn't, you know, and shows like what time it, it would uh when sunrise would be when sunset yeah. would be it's usually related to like school bus pickup times and stuff like that yeah yeah that. and so i think there's there's real arguments to be made either way but i can also say this look i'm old enough at this point like this has been a topic of conversation for <laughs> decades yep it's just it's just not yeah, happening it's like, it's like puerto yeah. rico becoming a state like yes it's, just, it, it's been talked about forever and i, I uh, look, That's I'll believe it happened. when it happens. When <laughs> when I see it happen, that I'll believe it. Until then, I don't. When think I see James happens. Harden show up at Phillies games and play hard, I'll believe they're getting rid of daylight savings time. <laughs> there you go, there you go, there you go. A um, little bit of injury news: Jared Allen out for the Cavs. Uh, dealing with an ankle issue. Hopefully this is not anything that's going to bother him long term, but 
something worth noting. The starting center for the Cavs, and the Cavs are, again, one of those teams in the East that I think is one tier below uh, the heavy hitters with, with Milwaukee and Boston. So the Cavs, they're going to need their guys out there if they're going to fi- find any way, way to keep pace. Uh, so this is definitely something to keep an eye on. Jared Allen, tremendous player. I still think they stole him in, in that trade where they picked him up, that three-team deal. They were able to get him away from the Brooklyn Nets, and I still don't know why Houston didn't just take him. All things considered, and I realize there's a lot of draft pick uh, stuff to be played out with that trade yet. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it right now, the Cavs made out easily the best in yeah. that trade, right? Because Tarden's not in Brooklyn anymore. That whole thing fell apart. Uh, like, it, who else was there? Houston was in there. Indiana was in there. I, I like. I think they did well. Uh, the, the Cavs did in that trade. Um, this came out over the weekend, and it came out with the kind of always a little ominous. Will be reevaluated in two Ooh. weeks, which is not the will return to you know basketball activities or practice in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Always the reevaluated a little rough, and when we're only two weeks from the season starting, that's a little bit of a they already might not be ready to go at the beginning of the year. So that well, I'll just I'm really only saying that for this kind of standard disclaimer now. Any injuries that come up that come up now with much more than a we'll be back in five to seven days, it's probably going to be worth monitoring if they'll be ready to go at the start of the year because we're recording this on the 10th and two weeks from today is uh, the start of the regular season with, with the tip-off night and then the season really starts in full uh, the next day. So we're we're down to it for any of these two- to four-week injuries probably mean these guys are going to be out to start the year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and one of the things to certainly keep an eye on here too, I always take a look at, you know, what what does their schedule look like? If the if somebody's going to be out here, what are they going to miss? Uh, the the Cavs have back-to-back games. It is their uh fourth and fifth game of the season on Halloween and on November 1st, back-to-back against the Knicks. Yep. That's and that look, it's it's insanely early, but in terms of like tiebreakers even but playoff seating certainly this is one of the teams that they are expected to be in competition with if jared allen yep. is not back by that point that could be a difference maker. particularly you're getting the next two games against them if the Cavs are not at 100 percent and you wind up going zero and two because they don't have jared allen in there that could create some problems with the seating later on in the season again don't overreact to it it's still very early in the season but we always got to keep an eye on things like that yeah, you're exactly right. That is the whole thing, right? Is what where it becomes, you know, a big thing of the, you know, these tiebreakers are so huge. And this is where 
I'm all for the NBA doing all the stuff they've done to reduce travel, but this is where some of these mini series can go kind of sideways. Cause if you catch a team on the right or wrong time, depending on yeah. uh, which point of view you're coming at it from you, you, it, you might get completely misleading results. It may not be what you're expecting it to be down the line. And it could have major swings, as you said, especially when it's a team you're going to be in direct competition for seeding wise. Yeah. That, that starts to become a big thing. So good, good call up by you. Let's hope he's back by then and ready to go, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll update you when we see more. All right. Uh, Keith, the Celtics come to an agreement with Peyton Pritchard. On an extension, it was not a massive, I'll let you get into the details of the extension itself, but I thought you put out a really good point um, where you just said, look, if and by the way, he responded by going berserk in a preseason game. <laughs> yeah. Clearly he was celebrating, but uh, if he winds up being just a rotation level guard, this deal is going to look really good uh, for, for Boston in terms of bang for your buck. Yeah, thirty million over four years, all fully guaranteed. So one way or another, we don't know the exact structure yet on this, but one way or another, that's seven and a half million dollars a year. That is roughly the room exception. So Peyton Pritchard could have said, and it used to be, guys did not sign uh, contracts this low very often. They used to basically say, now nah, if it's going to be less than the non-taxpayer mid-level. I'll hold out because their belief was if I have a good enough year, that will be there for me. I think some guys are starting to realize less and less teams are having access to the full non-taxpayer because they're bumping up against the uh, aprons and the second apron. So that's a whole thing. I think other uh, guys are realizing teams don't necessarily want to hard cap themselves by using large chunks of the uh, non-taxpayer. So that's another thing with this. And then, it starts to turn into, all right, well, the taxpayer MLE in Pritchard's case, that's lessened. That's now basically equivalent to what the room MLE used to be. So now it turns into, all right, well, am I going to count on a cap space team giving me cap space or giving me part of the room? All right, I'm going to be here. I'm going to play a big role on a pretty good team where he wasn't happy last year. He openly said that and he talked mm-hmm. about it, how, you know, Hey, I wanted to trade cause I wanted to play. Like that was it. Like I just wanted a chance to play and he was buried in a deep guard group. He's going to get that chance to play this year. And the Celtics are very high on him. So I think this is a spot where, yeah, let's get, get uh, this done and seven and a half million, unless he completely falls apart and can't play at all. It's hard for that to turn into anything, but a good solid value for the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, look, they, you, you lose Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you lose Marcus Smart. Maybe the benefit is you're able to get Peyton Pritchard on this deal. Like if they if they had the same team they had last year, is he signing this extension? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably you know? not because because the say, minutes probably aren't there. Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think what would be hard for him is, am I ever then going to get my spot? Right. Yeah. Like, and I'm clearly. Then you have the flip side of, well, hey, if I'm getting this much, I may not play enough to get more than that. So that could factor in as well. So that could be a thing. But, yeah, I don't know. I I, I tend to think no because I think he would have said, hey, there's not going to be minutes for me. I want to go somewhere where I can play. And I think clearly now. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of people, you know, where like he's never going to be a solid enough player to, you know, warrant this kind of contract because he's not big enough and blah, blah, blah. We're talking about a backup point guard. Like you don't need to be 
huge to be a backup point guard that plays 25 minutes a night in the regular season and then probably 10 minutes a night in the playoffs. Like right. that, he's fine. He can definitely fill that role. And on the nights when they they feel like they can't play him, guess what? He probably won't play very much. They'll run with Holiday and Derek White at the position and call it good. So, but I think you know for what he brings as a shooter, he's a developing playmaker. We've seen him run a lot more pick and roll in these preseason games than we had seen previous, which is you know good for him because he needs to. And you know, I it's hard to get mad at anything that you know averages seven and a half million. Exactly, exactly. And if, look, worst case scenario, and you hear us talk about this with veteran minimums all the time. Worst case scenario, if everything goes awry, <laughs> this is a very easy contract to move. Yeah, it's a very easy contract to, to move. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, which is not not what we're expecting. I'm just saying, no. you know, that's your but yeah, that's that's yeah. your floor essentially. You've got a very movable contract on that too. I think you're going to see more teams try to get guys to sign these teams like Boston, Phoenix, Milwaukee, uh, maybe the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, teams that are up around the super tax line because Mm -hmm. then they're not bleeding talent. Right. And that's, you got to be careful that you don't bleed too much talent out the door because you let too many guys go. If you can get some of these guys locked up, because then if nothing else, it's a trade chip you could throw into a trade to get something down the line to say, Hey, we, we need a center that makes, you know, 6 million a year. Great. Here we go. Yo, will you take Peyton Pritchard seven and a half million? Maybe what you're really paying for is, is with a draft pick, but I think you're going to see some of those super tax teams do that because they're just not going to want to be in a spot where they get caught with, you know, all max guys and all minimum guys. Cause that, that makes it very hard to build out your roster. Keith, do you know off the top of your head what is the uh, what's the super tax number projected to come in at for next season? What's that line going to be? It is uh, j- uh, almost one ninety one. So okay. remember, they're pricing in a very small cap jump uh, next year, only about four and a half percent instead of the full ten percent. A lot of people think it'll be the full ten percent, but if it comes in at the NBA's estimated four and a half super, it'll be cap of one forty two. Floor of 127.8, luxury tax 172.6, tax apron 179.9, super tax second apron 190.8. So that 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 tax apron would also act as the hard cap for a team that uses the mid-level exception, the biannual yep. exception, uh, accepts a player via sign and trade, that those sorts of things. So okay, well, just that, good to good to the know. First apron gets triggered by all the regular things, the the non-taxpayer, yes. the biannual sign and trade. Uh-huh. The second apron gets triggered if you use the taxpayer MLA. Because right. remember, you don't get it if you're over the tax apron. So in the in in real uh, world right now, the Nuggets have triggered us the hard cap at the second apron because they use their their taxpayer MLE to sign Reggie Jackson. So they're right. they're sitting right now. I can tell you they are uh, about. Four point seven million under that second apron, but at which they're hard capped. So that's you know just something to keep in mind. We'll talk obviously a lot more about all of this as we get closer to the trade deadline and trade rumors and all that stuff on what teams can and can't do and all that. Right, right. All right. Last thing we've got for today, Devin Vassell, Keith. I know you were you were excited about his contract yeah. structure. What's what did the Spurs do? They got a little tricky here, huh? Yeah, I'm going to nerd out for a minute here. And the the folks who come to this for the cap and roster stuff are are probably going to love this. So 
we knew we we got the report 146 million over five years shortly thereafter came out it's 135 million with 11 million in bonuses not uncommon that that happens my guess is how this went down as the spurs and devin vassell agreed to the 135 fully guaranteed number then they said, all right, let's throw some bonuses on top. San Antonio has mm-hmm. done a lot of bonus work uh, in their their more recent deals they did with Kelvin Johnson. and his extension, they did it with Trey Jones and his new contract this summer. It's just something they like to do. But then my guess is the Spurs said, hey, can we structure this in a way that's kind of advantageous to us? And the, uh, the Vassell and his agents were probably like, sure, go ahead. As long as the money's the same, we don't really care. Right. So what he did was he gets $29.3 million this uh, first year of this extension. So that'll be next season, 24-25. The next year, that drops down to $27 million. The year after that, drops down to $27 million, or stays at that $27 uh-huh. million flat. Year four of this five-year extension drops down to $24.6 million. Then in year five, it goes back up to $27 million. Well, in year four... You might be saying, well, why would they do that? Yeah. You know, why would they bring it down? That year, that's the year Victor Wembanyama hits free agency. Uh-huh. So in year four, if everything goes away, I think we all think it will. They're probably going to be maxing out Victor Wembanyama. And that would leave them with Devin Vassell at the lowest number they could give him at 24.6 in the agreed upon structure. And then Victor Wembanyama's cap hold, which would likely probably stick because it'd be under his extension amount unless he's insistent on getting it done. Those would be the only things on the Spurs books would be Vassell and, and Wembanyama's you know, extension, assuming he extends. So that would give them, you know, by that point, you're talking, let's say Wembanyama, let's say it all goes great. He qualifies for the, the 30% max. You're talking about $90.3 million for the two of them, $91 million maybe, um, against a cap that's going to be about $189 million projects to right now. She's talking about $100 million in cap space potentially. So I think what San Antonio did was said, hey, it doesn't change the overall money we're giving you. Let's push this as far as we can push it out, bring the number down in that year. That gives us the most possible flexibility to add around you and Victor Wembanyama, and let's go forward with that. Clearly, they'll have had some other guys extend. They'll have resigned some other guys and stuff like that in the years preceding. So they're not going to have a hundred million in cap space, but they increase their flexibility. Then you might ask, why did it? Why would it go up in that final year? I think what that the reasoning behind that in that final year is. At that point, we've already got one Binyama. We've already built out the roster. We're probably not really going to be a cap space player in that final year. So we're going to bring his number back up. So then if we want to extend off that number, yes. the salary is a little bit higher. It's not at that you know, 24.6. It's up at the 27 million. And maybe that's enough of a difference to get him to sign the veteran extension versus pushing, pushing it into free agency. Everybody knows I love a declining contract, right? I think it, they're great. The problem is when you sign a younger player to them or a pre-prime player, sometimes you get stuck. The number's not big enough to extend the player off of. And then you end up in a spot where they go into free agency, and that could potentially end up in a spot where you lose the player. So even with the 140% veteran extension rules, you got to be careful with that. So I think Spurs very creative in the way they structured this. I think really, really good stuff by them. Yeah, that, that was a great breakdown of why they did this the way they did because this – uh, this makes a ton of sense 
And I think this is this is very smart the way that they they made this all work out and had the foresight too to not just have it decline but have it jump back up so that you could potentially get that extension done with them. That could wind up being massive. Now it also creates the expectation though that that extension offer will be there. And you know the Spurs sure. can cross the, if things don't go according to plan with Devin Vassell. Maybe there's a little bit of an awkward situation, but but you cross that bridge when you get to it. You've given yourself the ability to give him the extension or depend. You know if he becomes a full-blown superstar obviously maybe that changes but sure uh but you've got the ability now to most likely be able to extend him at that point so the future well, spurs may be looking back and thanking today's front office for doing what they did yeah i mean the good news is if he does become a full-blown superstar i'm not saying he will but if he does then you run into the designated player rules anyway and you can blow way past yeah. the uh 140% veteran extension. So so you end up in a spot where you can really kind of do whatever it is you need to do if he hits that point anyway. So Spurs are well covered here for a lot of different angles. It's really only if he's like eh, he's kind of an all-star once in a while, so he wants to get paid like an all-star level guy, then maybe the 140 is not enough off of the 27 million that starts to become all right, you know, we, where are we really going with that? Mm-hmm. What's that going to be like 40 million? You know, so maybe that's not what he wants to do, but I, I think you're probably going to be within range of getting something done. And who knows six years from now what any of this looks like, but it's it, it really smart work and proactive thinking by a front office because I think what happens a lot is if you get stuck in that, that's so far down the line thinking you you don't plan for this stuff. And then the next thing you know, it's on top of us. Like, like I, I remember thinking, you know, oh, well, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum won't be facing these next contracts forever. And then here we are, right? They it just how fast. fast it moves in the NBA. Yeah. Li- life comes at you pretty fast. Um, it's just the way that it goes in, in the NBA, the way it goes in life in general. But yeah, before you know it, you're dealing with that situation. And if you've thought it out ahead of time and you're prepared for it, it makes it that much easier. To navigate so good job by the spurs on this one uh keith I, I think that's about it for today obviously we've got preseason basketball going on chet versus wemby was a lot of fun i hope oh, we get yeah. a lot more of that this season uh but it's great to have nba basketball back on the floor and before we know it like you said things come up quick before we know it we're gonna have regular season games that are actually counting in the standings can't wait can't wait we are heading towards it as we are also heading towards 30,000 subscribers over on the YouTube channel. Make sure you help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.